Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Tyler Deal, who after a near-death experience from a mountain bike accident was propelled into the inner world of self-healing where he was faced to examine deep-seated trauma at the molecular level. Tyler, thank you so much for being my guest today and welcome. Thank you very much, Jeff. All right, if you don't mind, can we start on the day that you had that accident and go from there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I was living in uh, Northern California in a small town called Arcata, going to uh, college there at Humboldt State University. Um, I was 20 years old and I was um, in a place that was uh, within myself that has been, that was incredibly depressed. Um, I really didn't want to be on the planet anymore. And um, it was a depression that was, I, w- I would say, beyond thought and feeling. It was a whole body experience that I had been experiencing for several months. And um, I had an ongoing conversation with God or, or the divine. And I was basically saying that I don't want to be here anymore. Um, please take me. And um, I didn't want to, I didn't even think about suicide. I didn't even consider that an option. When I thought about it, really, it seemed like it was, it would hurt. And that's not the way I wanted to go. So my, my, my um, request was, please just take me. And it was four days prior to my accident that I was reaching out and saying, I'm not happy anymore. I can't stand this sadness. I can't stand this depression. Please take me. So um, to go back to your question, Jeff, the day of the accident itself, um, I was in the Redwood Forest. There's a, a community forest of Redwood trees behind the college. And um, I had gone there, you know, two or three times a week because I love the trees so much. And it was my place of refuge, basically. So that day was no different than any other day. It was morning time. I was cycling through the trails that I was very familiar with and um, maybe a few hours. And then there's a trail that goes downhill that works its way back towards the school and the town where I lived. And as I was going down the hill, I took a few jumps and then I took a jump that I and normally that I was familiar with, but on that day, it actually wasn't, I was not familiar or I hit the jump and um, it was basically built up vertically. Someone had built it up within maybe just a few days of um, the, since the last time that I was on the trail. And it was um, quite terrifying. As soon as I hit the jump, I just knew that I was dead because there's no way I could have survived that jump. I wasn't wearing a helmet. 
I never wore a helmet. I didn't think they were cool. Um, I didn't think I was doing anything extreme to be able to need a helmet. Um, but that day I probably could have used one. So I came down on my front tire and then it was just kind of a roll effect. It was my front tire, it was my head, my neck, and my body flipped over onto my back. And I lost my breath instantly and I lost my awareness, my earthly awareness, my consciousness at that point. The next thing I remembered was I was floating above the floating above the trees. Now the redwoods have a long trunk, big trunk. And then at the top, there's this crown of needles and they're incredible. Science says that they have their own ecosystem, but it wasn't like an astral body experience where you take your body with you. My experience was just like an awareness of who I was, um, very conscious of, very familiar with who I was and very different than the depression that I was feeling in my body for so long. It was kind of like eyes looking out and experiencing um, the great wonderment. And I felt this amazing peace moving through me. Um, There was just no thought. It was complete silence. And at the same time, I felt very connected to everything around me. I colors were different. I could see the detail of the trees, um, almost like a microscopic vision of the dew from the morning fog on the trees. Um, my senses were very heightened. I could sense the, I could hear the ocean, which was five to 10 miles away. I could hear birds maybe 20 miles away. It was, I don't even know if there's, any distance, but it was, I knew that they were far away. And I looked down, I remember looking down at my body and seeing my body there um, curled up on the ground and knowing that that was my body, but it wasn't really me. Like I felt more me hanging, hanging out in the trees than I did who I knew, who I knew myself to be previously. Um, it took me a moment. I don't know. Time is very fluid. So I can't, I can't tell you if it was five minutes. I can't tell you if it was 20 minutes. Um, but I took a moment and I, um, then I know I came back to the, the sensations that I was feeling and I, I kind of marveled in that. And then it was like, this question came, it wasn't like a voice or anything like that. It was just kind of this question came into my awareness. Do you want to go further? Like, do you want to explore further or do you want to go back? And my instant reaction was, I don't want to die. And as soon as I said that I was back in my body. Um, I had one, you know, later on I had wondered like, why did I say that? I guess we can get into that, but, but my experience at that moment was extreme pain moving throughout my whole body. Um, um, just, I, I can't even explain it. It was like stabbing and electrical and I couldn't move. And I took a breath. I had trouble breathing at that moment. Um, I was kind of had a rapid heartbreak, 
heart rate. Um, I opened my eyes, they were a little fuzzy. And then I began to kind of experience, have this surreal experience um, where I saw berries coming down out of the trees and um, coming towards me and dive bombing me and giggling and moving around me. And um, yeah, it was, um, I was experiencing the pain at the same time, but my focus was momentarily taken off that pain as I was seeing this. I also began to hear this, like this beautiful humming ringing noise. And um, the best way I can explain it is like a Tibetan singing bowl, but not real loud, just kind of a... And I knew that it was the trees. And I actually, I felt this incredible um, energy coming from them. It's like they were communicating to me, healing me, healing me. And I actually didn't know until later on what was actually happening until I read some books um, called The Ringing Ringing Cedars of uh, Anastasia of Siberia, the Ringing Cedar series. But at the time I was, I knew that they were the trees. The berries kept floating around me. And then I remembered that I had to breathe. And as I was remembering that I had to breathe, I was brought back to that pain and in my body. And then I was uh, basically out again. The next thing I remembered, I was in the hospital. I was laying in bed. I heard a voice that was trying to wake me up. It was the doctor. And he was saying, you're very lucky. You didn't break any bones. He was repeating it over and over again. Um, just to kind of get me in back into my body and aware of, of my surroundings. And he was following the protocol, asking me questions. He was asking me, what's your name? You know, where do you live? Um, are you a man or a woman? What's your, what's your phone number? Um, do you know anybody in town? All these things I didn't know. I was just, no, no, no. I didn't know any of them. Just, do you know anybody in town or any phone number? And I blurted out a family friend's phone number, just came out, of, came out of my mouth. And they actually ended up getting me that day. So I hadn't broken anything, but I, was, I did have neurological damage in my body. I had a slip disc, my C7 disc. I had a severe concussion. Um, that neurological, neuromuscular pain was what made it hard to walk around and to, to function. And then my head trauma made it hard for me to remember. And that's when the memory, it took a while for my memory to come back. I think by the next day or two, I remembered my name. My experience was slowly coming back to me. Um, I had an experience when I was laying at the couch on the couch at my, my friend's house or my family friends where I could really sense and feel my family like my mom and my dad and my sister they were all worried about me and I could actually feel that like to my core and I could feel the sadness and um, that was kind of the beginning of becoming more empathetic or empathic I believe but I had always been empathic since I was a really little kid um, 
I was very connected to nature and I could, um, you know, I communicated with the trees and, and the wind was my friend. And then as I got older, I began to just kind of stuff that away. It was too much for me, the emotions that I was feeling. And I think right before my NDE or the, the months leading up to that, it was, that was, um, that's what actually brought in that depression because I was neglecting for so long feeling all of these feelings. But the funny thing is, well, it's not really funny, but it's, it kind of is looking back at it is um, everything that I was suppressing after my ND came up like um, all at once, um, all the fear I've ever had, all the depression I ever had, all of the, the emotions that had been blocked were, um, were brought up and it became very uncomfortable. It was as if my body was experiencing this pain, but I was, it was also very emotional. But my, my true, um, I guess my true goal at that point was just to feel better, my body. Um, I had made that decision to come back and I just wanted to heal my body. And I know that I didn't want to do it in a traditional Western sense. Um, so I sought out um, energy healers that I ha had trusted, that, um, that I felt had worked with me in the past. Um, also, um, Network Chiropractic, who was a man named John Stiles, who was very, very gifted, and he worked with my spine and my injuries. And I would say that after about between six and nine months, um, he had assisted in my healing and all of that pain had disappeared. Tyler, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. Is your depression cured? And if so, how long after your NDE did it take you to cure it? Well, I don't think necessarily, I, I think... It still comes and goes, but I don't, I'm not really attached to it like I was. Like if I feel a feeling coming, I, I don't have, a, I don't make it personal. And because I don't make it personal, it's able to um, move through my nervous system a lot, a lot sooner. Um, what was the first part of the question or the well, second part? I was just saying, how long after your NDE did you? you know, either cure it or get a lot better. Okay. So that took several years. Um, I would say after I began to really heal my body, um, I began to, to turn inward. I really turned inward and figured out ways in which I could um, deal with the sadness and this depression. Hmm. And I never sought any psychiatric help. Um, I'm not saying that that's, you know, that's not that for me, that was, I didn't want to do that. So I had to figure out a way. Um, I would say the intensity of, of it maybe took about three to five years and then it, it began to dwindle more and more. From what I understand during your NDE, when you were up at the top of the trees, you weren't really experiencing depression anymore. 
And if no. so, do you feel like depression is not really part of who you are outside of the body? It's just maybe something that's part of the mind that's part of this body? I think, um, I think it can be a part of the mind and body. Um, the body takes on a lot. So um, I, because I felt like a familiarity with who I was at the top of the trees and that I was very comfortable with myself, I, didn't, I wasn't experiencing depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that that depression wasn't me. Right. Um, so as I was healing the body, it would come up. So it became easier and easier to deal with it, knowing and reminding myself that this isn't me. This is just an emotion. This is just something within me, perhaps a trauma or a feeling that needs to be healed and cleared. Mm-hmm. So more and more, I began to separate from this idea of I am my depression. I am my beliefs. I am my pain. And um, um, bring in this awareness <clears throat> Um, I guess there was a desire really to um, experience. I wanted to experience what I was experiencing at the top of the trees back in my body. Cause I knew that that, that part of me that was like the real part of me um, could be found in this body and um, could be discovered. So, um, and it has over the years, Hmm. it has. Is it easy for you to tap into the real you? Yeah. So I, um, I don't meditate to silent my mind. I'm at this point, I feel that I can just say silence internally and I can go into like the Zen silence place. Um, so when I do that, then, then I feel a real connection to who I am because the, the mind machine isn't working. Um, I'm not, I'm not attaching myself to feelings and thoughts and experiences. Um, This Zen place helps me. This quiet place helps me in situations with people and um, that might be uncomfortable. Um, So it's something that I've kind of taught myself, you know, it's a, it's, it's interesting. It's a very personal, it's a very personal unfolding. And I think, our relationship to the universe and to the divine is it's a very private experience. Really. Um, it's something that can't be taught because <laughs> we all have our own experience. Really. I had a previous guest who is a fairy expert. So after hearing your experience, it's kind of confirming that fairies are real. Can you tell us what the fairies look like? Sure. Yeah, so um, bear in mind at first my my vision was kind of blurry, but but looking back at it, I feel like this part of me, like my third eye, wasn't blurry. It was actually um, that part was clear. So what I saw, I, well, first it was what I saw, but it was also what I felt. Like I felt this this lightness and this joy, and I saw fairies like. They had wings and they had um, some of them were naked. I'd say most of them were like had garments on um, different color hair. And, um, and yeah, they could, they were flying around 
almost like they could fly any direction they wanted to, like, you know, a helicopter does. And um, so, yeah, so that would be the visual part. But but I also was picking up this lightness. And I think that had helped me right there in that moment when I was going through such shock. Were they yeah. trying to communicate with you? I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, the maybe they were trying to... Um, I felt like they were trying to bring that joy to me, like it was okay. And that's kind of kind of what the trees were doing too, but not maybe so much the joy that was more of the healing with the trees. But I feel like the, the fairies were um, trying to lighten up the situation basically and bring that joy, but they weren't like telepathically communicating with me or saying anything, you know, they were making little noises and, and giggles and stuff. I've never been to the Redwood Forest, but it's one of the places I'd love to visit. And the trees have to be so old there and they're so huge. It's like, what a perfect place to have your experience to tap into the energy of those trees. Yeah. I, uh, the feeling for me, I, I grew up most of my life in Washington state, which is another beautiful place that has evergreen trees. Um, but when I came to California um, at that time, it was just a feeling of, of home, like they were family and um, this welcoming feeling, basically. Um, um, they are magnificent. Uh, they actually take the, I, now I, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know all of the details, but they create their own ecosystem with the the rainwater that comes through and the fog that comes through um they have a short short uh root system but they connect all of their roots together so that's how they stabilize themselves but yeah that they're, they're just in they're 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 alive they're they're alive beings is what i would say do you think that they're all connected with each other oh yeah i mean absolutely i i think all trees are connected to each other um, the way I see it is, like I had mentioned before, the, the root system that connects and that they connect energetically as well. So um, when I heard that ringing sound, I knew that they were communicating with each other and I knew they were actually helping me as well. Um, and I, I um, found it kind of got confirmation later on when I heard uh, that there was another person that knows of cedar trees and she does that with the cedar trees. She communicates with them. How do you think you've changed since your NDE? Well, um, I think like uh, the one thing I mentioned before, I really don't take things as personal personally anymore. I'm kind of detached from the illusion of, um, you know, what comes my way or believing that something is done to me. Um, I believe that anything that comes into my life is a reflection of me. Um, I believe that the, the experience was a slow progression of healing within myself. And that kind of brought me to an understanding that um, I have a greater relationship with um, a lot of things. So my empathy actually that was very strong with emotions and tied to trauma. Um, 
I began to see the positive aspects in being an empath or a very sensitive person that it can be advantageous in the sense that I can connect with nature on a deep level and I can understand nature on a deeper level. Um, Animals um, seem to be drawn to me for some reason. I mean, um, I, I feel a connection to like the wind that sometimes I'll think about the wind and then it will come. Um, So I feel like that empathy actually became very, very, uh, very deep. And it's hard to explain in words because, um, you know, it's all language. And like I had said, we do have our own experiences and it's hard to convey that sometimes, but I've learned um, energy work Um, that became a natural gift um, where I can help others. And I don't even say it's like me necessarily doing the work but yeah, it's not even necessarily me doing the work, but it's, um, it's an energy, a stronger energy that comes through me that because I had learned about the nervous system and how to release resistance and release resistance to life, I feel like I can help assist people in releasing any resistance that's within them as well. Mm. Um, but I don't just say anybody it's like you know the the right person will come so it's not like i'm saying oh you know i'm not making a i'm not um telling people oh i can do this great thing you know it's like if the person shows up and they ask for help then then i'll do what i can to help them besides being more empathic have you noticed that you have any other psychic abilities since the experience yeah, I would say my my visual has increased. My being able to see energy and um, see energy around people and around alive things, but also what we would call inanimate objects have their own consciousness as well. Um, so, but the empathy kind of plays into being sentient and, and knowing what to say at the right time and um, knowing what the, the right action to take and not just taking action because I feel like I should do something, but knowing it's almost like the body will tell me what direction to go. So it's a very intuitive sense. Um, hearing sometimes I, I can hear at what I would say my ancestors and it's very interesting because when when I was a kid, my parents would have these, you know, people that were very close to them pass away. And I never felt like they they were very sad about it, you know, and they went through grief, but I never felt like they had died, like they had just kind of transformed and moved on. So um, my connection to my ancestors, sometimes I'll hear them talk to me. Um, the energy that moves through me, I feel like is my own connection to what people would call the divine or source. Um, I have a continual conversation with, with God as much as I can. And I feel like that connection gets stronger all the time. 
can you tell us more about healing at the molecular level? Yes, of course. So um, from my perspective, how I understand it, when we have a trauma, uh, if you believe in past lives, we have trauma and past lives that we can carry into these lives. Um, if we have a certain belief system growing up, such as I'm not good enough, or I fear failure, or there, there's something wrong with me, that can be a repeated thought or repeated belief that comes in manifest in our life. Um, how I see it, that these beliefs and these traumas and these experiences, they form as molecules within the nervous system. So um, when, when somebody thinks something or they say, this is what I'm going through, I can kind of, I can see like where it's happening. It might be behind the heart. It might be um, in the spine somewhere or in a, like a neuron. And that's where, from my perspective, where the molecule, where the charge is holding on to. So that charge um, is showing me that it wants to release. And when the energy comes through, um, I see that that, that molecule just kind of breaks up and it gets reabsorbed and um, there can be relief in that for that individual. Do you think it's possible that you somehow brought this whole accident into play? Yeah, absolutely. I brought it into play. Um, I, I, excuse me, I'm sorry. I just dropped the bottle. I was thinking that when you first were telling me the experience, but then you said the, the jump had been redesigned. So I thought, well, maybe it was just coincidence. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, I was asking for it, you know, the old saying, watch out what, you know, be careful what you ask for. I was, I was asking for it over and over, you know, that I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. So the message was sent out to the universe, to God, who, who I was connecting with. And they were saying, okay, you know, maybe let's try something hmm. now. <laughs> When I was at the tops of the trees, I felt like myself, and I believe that that part of me knew what was best for me, as opposed to the the emotional part, the sadness part. So that's that's my best uh, interpretation. That's why I came back was because um, it was like a le- it was like a big lesson, you know. What do you want? And then and then figuring out exactly that this the real me knows what i want you know is to to experience this life and to experience this body and even even if that means going through a range of emotions even if that means experiencing more trauma in the future so um yeah so i the real me came back (laughs) you know came back into my body and um i didn't know that at the time but and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like a walk-in, but just like the part of me that really knew that I should be here experiencing life. And there was more good and, you know, good, bad, and ugly to experience. What do you think inspires you about your experience? Well, I, for a long time, I wasn't in, inspired by my experience. I, I didn't think, I didn't consider it being in, in near-death experience at all. I mean, I, I became interested at some point and I heard other people's journeys and I was comparing my own 
And I was thinking, well, that's not a near-death experience. You're supposed to go meet God and meet the angels, and they're supposed to tell you all these things. So I, I brushed it to the side, and, and um, I feel like there was just kind of this, um, this need to express it. And um, not that I needed to have the whole world hear my story, but I guess it was a more of a selfish thing. Like, oh, I got I to gotta express this. It, it was an amazing experience. So I, you know, I wrote a blog about it and um, I reached out to a few people and um, kind of hesitantly, like, you know, I don't know what they're going to think. Like, this isn't the quintessential near-death experience that everybody's having. I was just, you know, but um, I've thought about it over the years more and more. Like, it's an incredible thing that happened to me. Like, who gets to see fairies and um, have all of their senses turned on at once and um, hear trees singing. I mean, that's very personable, but you know, why not share it? Do you fear death at all? No, no, I, um, no, cause I just know we, we continue on. It's, uh, I don't have any fear of death. Um, I don't, I don't really fear anything anymore. It's a, um, it's a nice place to be. And um, I, I wouldn't want anybody, I, if I could have people know that, that, see that that's the thing, you don't have to have this kind of experience to, to know that it's, I, I believe everybody can um, not to have to fear anything, you know, no matter what's going on in the world. Um, It goes back to just, you know, appreciating yourself. And I believe that that real appreciation, um, I know that this idea of self-love gets blown up um, and kind of is a cliche, but it it's really true. When we really appreciate ourselves at a deep level, then um, it, life can become very beautiful. Currently, you're a remote healer. Did your experience have any effect on you doing that practice? Well, my experience, yeah, kind of it catapulted me into um, wanting to heal my body, but do it in a way that that was uh, alternative or not the norm. So, um, so I had learned quantum healing from a very special person. Um, back in the year 2000 and I, I took that, but I also, I, I found my own way to work with people that um, has a lot of respect for them and um, where you can develop trust with the person. And it has to do with really listening to the person. It's not about me um, trying to impose anything or trying to say, you know, I can do this gift, but really listening to the body and to the person, because when you listen to somebody, you can actually, well, for me, I can actually begin to hear beyond the words and began to hear what the body was telling me. And from there, I feel um, like I can help them. And at least I, I don't even, actually, I don't even really know if I can help them, but it's the feedback that I get from people that tells me 
that I am. So, yeah, my NDE definitely, because it was such a long healing experience for me, it, it brought me up to a place where um, I'm doing the work that I do now. Since it's remote, does that mean like you're doing it on Zoom or Skype or something? Yeah. So, yes, uh, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, um, Zoom, whatever's convenient for the person. If someone wants to ask you questions about your NDE or chit chat with you, are you open to that? And if so, how should they reach you? So um, people can, they can go to my website, which is radicalheartworks.com. And you go to the contact page and that's the best way to, to reach me. And um, I will respond to you. And I'd love to chat with anybody about that about my experience or to hear what, what their opinion is or what their experiences are as well. Is that the place where they can contact you as well if they want healing? Yes, it's the same website, yes. All right, Tyler. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? I would say the more we can express ourselves in creative and heartfelt ways, uh, that, really gives, that really gives other people to do the same. And, um, I guess the other thing is just, yeah, focus or do things that make you happy. I mean, you know, I could have died that day. There's a lot of people that are having a hard time in this world right now. If we can just focus on things that make us happy in a way where even we can give back as well and assist others that we love, then that can make a huge difference really big difference. That would be my message. Tyler, thank you for that message. And thank you for coming on and sharing with us today. I appreciate you and have a great rest of your evening. (laughs) You too, Jeff. Thank you very much. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.